away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. You can find it each and every week, new episodes every Wednesday, floridapanthers.com slash Territory Talk, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever you're tuned in today. We thank you very much for making Territory Talk a part of your listening week. Territory Talk, as always, presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans here alongside Jamison Olive with you as we look back first at a back-to-back, the Panthers fresh off a back-to-back on the road against two very good teams, two teams with playoff hopes and aspirations, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll talk about those two games. We're going to have a special guest coming your way in just a little bit. Jameson Coyle, NHL Network host, he's going to join us. We're going to talk about the Panthers. We're going to talk about the Atlantic Division race, the Eastern Conference race, talk about some of the big stories. So we'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Lots to cover here as we look back at that most recent road trip as we look ahead to uh, some big games coming up against some big-time opponents. First will be the Vegas Golden Knights coming in tomorrow if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Thursday night, it's the Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights at the BB&T Center. Saturday night, the Pittsburgh Penguins come in. Both games are 7 o'clock face-offs. Thursday's a $5 beer Thursday. FloridaPanthers.com slash promotions for more info on that. Saturday is the Panthers' fifth annual Pride Night. FloridaPanthers.com for more information. Ticketmaster dot com nine five four eight three five pack for your tickets but first jameson as i said let's get to the back-to-back panthers taking on the blue jackets most recently toronto before that we'll start with the first game the toronto game the panthers had another one of those big comebacks in the third period a lot to love about that particular game on monday night and i know nobody's going to get tired of talking about mark pesic's hat trick either oh especially not me i've been on that train for a little bit here now but uh, like you said let's start by you know throwing out that montreal game you know first game yep. back after you know a 10 game break lots of rust uh the Habs had already played two games since the All-Star break. So that was just a, a game between one team that was already back in motion. And one a couple, team you know, there was a deflection, a yeah. deflection goal. Uh, Carey Price was was outstanding. And uh, and that was just a, that was a tough one. Montreal got the victory, but the Panthers were able to shake it off. Yeah, I'm not uh, taking anything positive or negative from that game. That's a, that's a throwaway game. So like you said, Panthers, they finally, you know, they, they get back into that rhythm. They go into Toronto, uh, second of four meetings against the Leafs this season. You know, probably the biggest season series they have this season is against the Leafs. And going into it without Alexander Barkov. And that's important to say yeah Alexander Barkov obviously lower body injury suffered in Montreal doesn't play uh, against the Maple Leafs you know the lineups you know get shaken up a little bit Jace Howerlett comes back in Dennis Mulligan comes back in uh, all new lines except the third line uh, that, that Toninato Hoffman Vitrano line uh, every line other than that line completely different so uh, there was a kind of a feeling out period there just given the fact that during this hot streak for the Panthers they pretty much have made very few lineup adjustments so this was the first time they've really had to you know shuffle the pieces around a bit and Joe Quenville did a great job there but looking at the game in particular you know they come out they get that first goal but for the most part it felt like the Leafs still were in control a bit you know uh, they weren't playing necessarily great defense because like the Panthers they also you know that's the area they, they, they like to clean up this season but they just had the puck so much and they were in the offensive zone so much they really didn't have to play defense which is you know what Joe Quenville says the Panthers want to do so you go into that game Mark Pesek gets the first goal but then the Leafs come back you know Austin Matthews puts him up 3-1 very early in the third period but then you know he talked to Jonathan Hubert after the game he said you know what uh, you know no one panicked he's like that third goal that hurt but at the same time no one was panicking 
panicking on the bench, which is something they've said a couple times yep. during their big comebacks this season is they don't panic at all. And then, you know, out of nowhere, within a span of, you know, less than eight minutes, bam, 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 three goals. The Panthers are up 4-3, and they never look back. And then, uh, like you said at the very end there, Mark Pesic, uh, just what is going through your mind watching him with the empty net there? Well, first of all, turn turn it all the way back. When he gets his first one, you can just tell there's an excitement among his teammates, you know, to, to see him put one in the net, be, you know, be with the uh, being a hybrid player now. You know, he's the uh, the Prius, as they're mm-hmm. as they're calling him, a guy who's a defenseman by trade, but has done a great job playing up front this year. He gets the first one, gets the Panthers on the board, on the road, tough building. And you could tell that there's just, a, you know, there's an emotional surge when uh, when Mark Pesic scores a goal. A couple things I want to get to from that game first, and obviously we'll, we'll go to the Mark Pesic hat trick, but in the first period, and this was a theme in those two games, Sergei Bobrovsky was brilliant. He made 15 saves against the Leafs in the first period on Monday night, and they had some good looks. Obviously, they have some all-world offensive players, so they're able to generate some opportunities. You know they're going to get their chances. Sergei Bobrovsky was outstanding. Late in the first period, the play that we believe was uh, the source of the injury for, uh, for Frederick Anderson, the Leafs goaltender and their workhorse goaltender. He was he was knocked out of the game. Second period starts. Michael Hutchinson came in, and I thought Toronto really clamped down in the second period. One hundred percent. They played a very tight defensive brand of hockey. You know, uh, for a, a team that is you know known as an offense first team, they played a very tight defensive style in front of Michael Hutchinson in the second period, and then in the third period, as you mentioned, that the Leafs got that two goal lead. But I talked to Mike Hoffman right after the game uh, on on uh, five sixty, the Joe and the Panthers radio network, and he said, you know. He even when it got to 3-1, that the, the Panthers knew that there was a game to be had. They felt like they hadn't uh, played their best hockey that night yet. And then they get the goal from Mark Pesk again, the second one. You could tell that there was just, a, again, a huge emotional lift. And then they went on that power play. Jonathan Huberto scores that deflection goal, makes it 3-3. And as far as I'm concerned, that may as well have been the game-winning goal. Because when the Panthers got that game tied at 3, you just knew. there was no way that they were going to come out of there with any less than two points and then they get the uh, goal to make it 4-3 Mike Hoffman he told me he was just putting it to the front of the net got a got a good bounce there wound up in the back of the net that was the eventual game winner and then Mark Pesek's going in on the empty net and you just knew he was gonna he was gonna find a way to put that puck in the net would have counted anyway even if he he didn't put it in the net because he was on a breakaway on an empty net and was pulled down but scores the hat trick goal and that was just a you know an exciting moment for a team that has more hat tricks this season than anybody anybody else in the National Hockey League uh, that was that was a fun one for uh, for Mark Pesic did his first uh, National Hockey League hat trick. So big congratulations to Mark Pesic and the Panthers have a have a lot of good things they can look at from that hockey game. And let's just break down that last kind of minute there for a second. As you look at Mark Pesic, nine points in his last twelve games, five goals, four assists. Already set a new career high with seven goals. So he's just absolutely taking this opportunity to run with it. And specifically looking at you know obviously the offensive numbers are there, but the defense there he's just been so responsible lately as well as a forward because let's not forget Panthers are only up 4-3 in that last minute. The Leafs, like you said, one of the top offensive teams in the league. They've got the goaltender pole. They've got guys like Austin Matthews on the ice, Mitch Marner, William Elander, and Mark Pesek's up there leading the forecheck. He's the one that pokes the puck right out of Mitch Marner's hands to set himself free for that breakaway. So not only does he have the goals, but for Joe Quenville to trust him to put him out there in that final minute to say, you know, pisser get out there don't let these guys score uh that just goes to the other side of his game and that's what's kind of made him invaluable right now is the fact that you can do anything with him that's why they call him the hybrid and uh, it's been just been so fun to watch and i know within the room mark pesek's just such a beloved guy by his teammates that everyone 
is excited for him. You see, you, you see the bench after his goal. It feels like everyone scored a goal with how they're celebrating. And especially after that hat trick, the bench, I don't think we've ever seen the bench that excited. Guys turning to each other, shaking each other, high-fiving, like yelling at each other like, yeah, that was Mark. Mark got it. Mark got it. So that was just uh, a really great moment to watch and a really great way to cap off a really special comeback. And it's being, it's being noticed in press boxes on the road that Mark Pesic is a defenseman by trade. He's playing up front. He's doing a good job. And he's dropping back in spurts to play defense on the penalty kill. People are noticing that he's not just making this adjustment from game to game. He's making it sometimes in game, in critical situations when the Panthers are going to penalty kills, sometimes to protect leads. So, again, you can't say enough about, first, the job he's doing but also about how difficult that is. And you've heard a lot of his teammates lately have commented on, uh, on you know, that's not an easy transition to make for a guy to change positions from something that's been comfortable for him for throughout his entire hockey career, going back to when he was, you know, playing youth hockey, uh, you know, also to be able to do it in game at the highest level in the world. Really something to be said. Really, really impressive what Mark Pesic's doing. I like to also say he's another be- uh, beneficiary of the territory talk bump because obviously he was already having a nice little season, came on the show and really took off. So once again, we're taking full credit for another uh, territory talk bump there. Mark Pesic, he was uh, on this show a few weeks back. And again, you can always find the archived episodes, floridapanthers.com slash territory talk they're all on there so if you're listening for the first time today you can go back and find uh, all the old episodes we have a lot of great guests that uh, that have sat down with us so uh, go and check those out but the panthers get a big win their fourth multi-goal third period comeback of the season they're making a routine out of that that was on monday night and so they had some good momentum going into a game tuesday night hey monday night that was the biggest game of the season just like the last time the Panthers played the Leafs back on January 12th, that game they won 8-4. to Going into that one, that was the biggest game of the season. Going into Monday, Monday's game in Toronto was the biggest game of the season thus far. The Panthers and the Leafs jockeying for position in those top three spots in the, uh, in the Atlantic Division. The Panthers got the win in that one, passed the test. They go on to Tuesday night, another one of the biggest games of the season. And this game last night, if you're listening to this today, the day we released Territory Talk on Wednesday, the Panthers and the Columbus Blue Jackets, the finale of the three-game season series, the rubber match of the three-game season series. The last two were 4-1 decisions, and you had a feeling early on in this one, the way Sergei Bobrovsky and Elvis Merzlikens were matching each other save for save, that this uh, this game wasn't going to have a team scoring four goals in it. That, uh, you know, you start to have the feeling as things went on, one just might be enough to do it. That ended up being the case. Unfortunately, it was the Panthers falling in overtime by a one-to-nothing score, but this was a game where the Panthers, uh, again, they, they showed a lot in this one. They put a lot of pressure against Merzlikens. They really made him work. But uh, it was the Columbus Blue Jackets got the two points. Sergei Bobrovsky was brilliant in that game. 44 saves. Yeah, wow. he was he was outstanding. Four, 44 of 45, he stopped. A game that was played almost fully five on five as well. For the most part, yeah. I mean, the Panthers had that four-minute power play, obviously. Uh, they would have liked to get one there, but, you know, like we say all the time, Columbus, one of the top defensive teams in the league with that young core with guys like Seth Jones. And very disciplined. They don't Zach take a lot of penalties either. Very disciplined. So, uh, out of all the games we've seen this season, that's the one, maybe because it's, you know, given the opponent, given the time of the season, that's the one that felt most 
host like a playoff game yep. just because you just felt like the first team to flinch was going to be the team that lost that game. But in the end, neither team really flinched. I mean, you, you can't fault anyone really for uh, losing an overtime in three on three. It becomes, uh, you know, kind of a skills competition at that point. Uh, anything can happen in three on three, guys always say. So for the most part, you got to imagine if this was a playoff game and that went into another another period there, a five on five, that it could have been any, anyone's game once again. So for the Panthers, uh, Joel Quenville said for the game, you'll have to get the point, uh, especially, you know, coming off, you know, back to back at Toronto, three or four points in those two games is huge for the Panthers coming home now. Um, and overall, you know, Columbus is the real deal. You, yep. you got to remember that they're on a huge point streak right now. They're a team that Panthers could potentially see in the playoffs down the road. 18, uh, two and five, 18, the last 25 five. games, 23 games, uh, 23, of the last 25 with points. That's, that's a surging team. And they've got themselves not only, you know, vying for a playoff spot, but suddenly they're, they're pushing the Pittsburgh Penguins now trying to get into that second spot in the Metro. And let's not forget another game without Alexander Barkov didn't suit up in this game either, yep. uh, which, you know, let's not forget. I mean, you look at the lineup, uh, you look at all the guys on this team, you know, Jonathan Huberto, Sergei Bobrovsky, there's so many important guys on this team, but I don't think anyone's more important than Alexander Barkov, just given the fact that he, you know, plays five on five, penalty kill, power play, he's the captain, uh, still producing over a point per game uh, this season, does it all. And he uh, creates a mismatch anytime he's on the ice. When, when, when teams go up against the Florida Panthers and they start looking at the matchups, the first guy they point to is Alexander Barkov. So not having him out there, obviously, is a huge disadvantage for the Panthers, but no excuses. Uh, they still played a great game. Uh, all the guys really stepped up to get that point. And a quick note on Barkov. Uh, before the game, Joel Quenville said, you know, they're on track to potentially return Thursday against Vegas, which would be huge for the Panthers. Uh, having him only miss two games, that obviously be a huge boost. So we'll keep an eye on that going forward. But the biggest story of the game, Sergey Bobrovsky. Uh, you you got to say, you know, coming back to Columbus, uh, he's now had two great games against Columbus this season. Obviously, that 4 and win at home earlier in the season. He was spectacular there as well. Uh, deserve that win. Deserve two points. But still, uh, thanks to him, the Panthers have got at least one point. And we talk about you know, Bobrovsky a lot on the show. Everyone in the league talks about Bobrovsky a lot, just given the fact that he is a two-time Vezina winner, you yep. know, coming into the season on a big contract. And uh, one of the biggest things you hear about is, you know, second half Sergey. Uh, the surges he goes on in the second half during the playoff push. Uh, we saw him, you know, pretty much carry Columbus to the playoffs last season. And we're starting to see a little bit of that now. He, he's been absolutely spectacular. He's locked late. in. Uh, let's not forget, he started both games in this back-to-back, something we expect to see probably more than once uh, here in the playoff push. He plays a ton of hockey. He's a workhorse. He loves to be out there. But over those two games against Toronto and Columbus, um, had a 9-4-9 save percentage. That's, and no signs of slowing down in the second game. You know, the, the, the Panthers were the team that yeah, they didn't have as much rest as the Blue Jackets did. The Blue Jackets played Sunday, didn't play Monday. They were sitting there waiting for the Panthers. They were ready. The Panthers played Monday night, traveled, and had went a, through customs. A, that, that, a, that takes it out of you. Yeah, you're, you're, you were on that little plane. extra, yeah. little extra time, and then they, and of course, uh, you know, a, an emotional comeback win in the third period on Monday night. So the the Panthers were the less rested team going into that game on Tuesday, but there was no sign of slowing down. And I think that's a, another thing you can point to, Jamison, that illustrates why that looked like a playoff game. There wasn't a free inch of ice to be had uh, out there from either team's perspective. Uh, to get anything going in that game, you had to put in some hard work. And that was just a, a back and forth game. It sounds cliche, but one that really could have gone either way. One slip up uh, you know, anywhere was was probably going to be uh, you know, the difference in the hockey game. Both teams, like you said, were waiting for the other one to flinch. Nobody did. And like I said, that would have been just 
such a fun game to see go to an extra an extra you know 20 minute frame it really would have been fun to see where that game would have gone and evolved to as these teams really you know like you said and vir- so deadlocked virtually mistake-free hockey from both teams and and you don't you know you don't see that too often in the National Hockey League but you had two teams that were battling back and forth and and uh, a game that could have gone either way and when you get into overtime three on three uh, anything really can happen the Panthers had that big chance uh, Vincent Trocek had a look out in front just missed there and then Zach Wierenski he's been a thorn in the Panthers side this season he had a hat trick on New Year's Eve the last time these two teams had played and he gets the only goal the deciding goal in overtime last night but the Panthers get a point in that one three out of four on the road back to back against two teams that aspire to be playoff teams that is uh, without without uh, you know without Alexander Barkov a guy who's going to be out in every big situation who's going to create a mismatch every time on the ice to be able to get that done without him that uh, that's something that this team can look back on three out of four on the road You're, you'll you'll take that and one one last thing I'll say before you kick it over to our, our big guest of the day is uh, like I said second half Sergey starting to heat up over his last seven starts five one and one with a nine twenty six save percentage if that's the Sergey the Borowski the Panthers get for the last two months of the season they're getting into the playoffs easy yep. and looking at you know like I said how he's looked recently how composed he's been in net how calm he's been in net how well he's been reading plays seeing pucks uh, I see no reason to think why we're not going to get that Sergey from here on out he's a difference maker territory talk is presented by Baptist Health the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers and now we move into this week's featured conversation we've got a big guest coming up and his name is Jameson Coyle he's a host at NHL Network and we will move into that right now all right. Well, first, Jameson, thank you very much for taking some time for us today. Want to dive right in with a little bit of Panthers talk. And I just want to get your impressions of the Florida Panthers here throughout the first now 52 games of the regular season. They found themselves in a playoff spot in the Atlantic Division right now, a tight Atlantic Division race, playing an exciting high scoring brand of hockey. What have been uh, your thoughts on the Panthers this season? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's a pleasure to do this. And um you know, when we talk Florida Panthers, I love seeing them on the schedule because it's a, it's an exciting brand of hockey. Um, whenever you get to see this team play, they have uh, plenty of scoring up front. That's for sure. And, um, you know, I think the Panthers are one of those teams that we root for, at least at the network and, and on a national landscape, because you want to see them do well. I think it's good for the game. It's good for the brand. And I think this year feels a little bit different uh, with the new guy at the helm and Joel Quenville and his three Stanley Cup rings that he brings um, into that dressing room that I think they're in a playoff spot right now. But the difference between this year and years past is that he brings that credibility and that belief that, you know, I think we can get it done uh, the rest of the way this year. So I think that's what's going to be the difference maker for this Florida Panthers team this year down the stretch. I think they will be a playoff team. And I think that's good for the game. And looking around the, the talent at NHL Network with yourself, you got guys like Kevin Weeks, uh, Bill Lindsay, a good friend of ours, does the broadcast here with Doug Plagans. It seems like there's a lot of behind-the-scenes Panthers love there as well. It, just when you guys are off-air, do you guys talk quite a bit about the Panthers? We do. And and anytime Bill Lindsay comes in, you know, in the dead of the winter, he comes in with that uh, beautiful bronze caramel <laughs> skin from uh, South Florida. So one, we're always jealous, and he brings the good weather for us. But yeah, he's he's always hyping up the Panthers. He always believes in the Panthers, and he tells us, you know, certain guys to watch and and certain guys fit in. And you know, he, he certainly piques everybody's interest uh, about the Panthers. You know, Kevin Weeks is obviously, you know, he, he began his NHL career down there with Florida, and um, he's very high up on these Panthers as well. Especially the goaltending situation, you know, this offseason, that was one of the biggest storylines. So 
Weeksy as as a uh, proud member of the uh, goalie union is always kind of hyping the the netminders and <laughs> and the situation with Sergey Bobrovsky down there. Uh, it piqued everybody's interest and everybody's attention. So the Panthers are, are high on everybody's radar at the network. And and like I said, it's one of the teams that we you know love to keep tabs on as the season rolls along because they're they're a fun team to watch. And and like I said, if they have have success it's a good thing uh for the nhl and i know you've interviewed some panthers over the years on nhl network Uh, you obviously watch the games like you said is there one guy in particular whether it's his on ice stuff his off ice stuff one panther in particular you really uh, enjoy maybe your favorite panther i think you know in the last couple of years jonathan huberto has taken over that role as maybe like the nicholas backstrom of the nhl in the most underrated slash underappreciated guy in the league and I think for those, maybe the casual NHL fan that, you know, doesn't really get to watch 31 teams or, or dive into all 31 teams like we do at the network or like the diehard hockey fan, I don't think they know how good a Jonathan Huberdeau is down there in Sunrise. I mean, this guy, this guy's coming off a 92-point season, maybe the quietest 92-point season that we've ever seen. And he's on pace to break that, shatter that again this year. Um, he's just, he's one of the guys, like Barkov gets all the headlines and all the attention down there. But I think a guy like Jonathan Huberdeau is a, is really a guy that kind of stirs the drink down there that if you're not paying attention, you probably don't appreciate how good of a hockey player he is. Yeah. And a, and a recent poll we saw by the athletic, a player poll, uh, Barkov and Huberdeau, uh, actually flipped that Huberdeau and Barkov were one, two, uh, among players in the most underrated category. I think if there's a contest to rename the Florida Panthers, they would be the Florida underrated. Cause it seems like anytime a guy has a good season down here, they, they become the most underrated player in the NHL, which is just pretty interesting to see. But, um, like you said, uh, Huberdeau's having a great season, you know, Barkov's, uh, up to his old tricks as well. When it comes to following the league, like you said, you're one of those guys that has to follow 31 teams. How difficult is that uh, just day to day having to absorb so much information for yourself uh, for your show following all the teams? Yeah, I, I difficult. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting my job is to watch hockey, so I'd be doing it's a good it. job. It, it wasn't my gig anyway, so th- the fact that you know my my full time gig is to pay attention to the sport. It's it's not real hard to convince me to do that because I'd be doing it anyway. So we have a, a tremendous setup at, at the network that if you're on um, the late show that you go in and we've got, you know, six to eight TVs set up in a room and you flip them all on and you're just kind of that's the hardest part for me. Somebody who, you know, I have the attention span of like a squirrel. So <laughs> to focus on eight games at once when all these goals are coming and, you know, it's fast and serious. It's, it's, that's the quote unquote hard part is to, to keep up with everything. But, um, you know, as long as we're doing our job to service the fans of, of watching the games, paying attention, um, you know, it's, it, it's for me, it's the best gig in the world because I'd be doing it anyway. So I get paid to do it. And it, it's awesome. The storylines write themselves. And, you know, I feel like we talk about it every year at this time, but just look at some of the, the playoff races in both the East and the West. Like if, if you have to, convince somebody to want to watch hockey then i mean you're you're in the wrong industry at this point and jameson i have a, I have a question about exactly that you know we're, we're all following the league each and every night you're talking to players and coaches we're talking to players and coaches it seems like now more than ever the playoff races they're they're starting earlier than they ever have because teams are realizing the value and the importance that goes on every single point that's available and every team has so much skill and 
there's so much parity. It's great for the league, but do you see it that way as well? That these we start talking playoff races probably earlier than we ever have because we see just how tight it is every season. We start looking at the playoff races maybe the first month of the season now because of how tight it is. And we've learned, I think, in the years past with the three-point system now that if you're a team, you can't you can't make the playoffs in October or November, but you can certainly uh, find yourself losing a playoff spot in those months because if you if you get off to a bad start, it, it's it's near impossible to make up that ground. And especially if there's teams in between, we, we talk about these teams having yeah, they're five points out. Yeah, but they got to leapfrog four teams in front of them. And teams now nowadays in this time of year are you know they're playing tight hockey down the stretch trying to get that extra point each and every night so i think i think playoff races you know we used to talk maybe after christmas or or a team that's in a playoff spot come american thanksgiving and that's how it's going to shake out i i honestly think that you know right now we're talking the end of october november is when the playoff race really starts because if you fall out it is so hard to make up ground and when you look at the season as a whole so far, like we said, we're, you know, just most teams around the 50 game mark or so at this point. Uh, what are a couple of storylines, you know, maybe outside the Panthers that have really, you know, caught your attention so far? Um, let's see. Tampa, the slow start for Tampa. I think everybody thought they'd come out, you know, guns blazing again this year. And they got off to that slow start playing overseas, I think was what kind of sparked them. So they're back and they look like the team that we saw last year, put up 128 points. Um, Pittsburgh. I, I got to interrupt with, you there for one second. Though, yeah. th- thinking about Tampa uh, for for a minute there, uh, and at least right now, I think if the playoffs started today, it would be Florida Tampa. Yeah. Um, just as a, a fan of the game, just how much do you want to see that playoff matchup? If that's what we end up We're getting, all rooting for it. I don't want the Atlantic standings to change one bit because <laughs> when I say that the Panthers being in the playoffs are good for hockey. Uh, even more so, I want Panthers bolts in the first round because that is a natural in-state rivalry, and, and the term rivalry gets ratcheted up when you have a little animosity and when you have a playoff series. That is where we see rivalries really develop, and I think that would not only be great for the game of hockey down there in the Sunshine State, but just the game in general. Uh, we all want to see it. I think it'd be a tremendous matchup. I mean, bet the over every single night with those <laughs> two teams going at it. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see it. And I, I think it's good for the game. And, you know, I, I know everybody, I speak for most people at the network when I say we, we want to see the Battle of Florida in the first round. And Jameson, you were starting to talk about some of the other the other storylines that you've been following. Uh, the Panthers on their schedule still have some, some Western Conference teams, some good Western Conference teams that they haven't seen yet. I know one storyline that kind of took flight about uh, you know uh, 13 months ago was the St. Louis Blues and they've continued to be to be really good. The Panthers haven't seen the Blues yet this season. What's uh, aside from winning the Stanley Cup coming into this season as defending champions, what's uh, what's kind of impressed you the most about that group because they've continued to be a, a huge story this season. We talk about it all the time, but I think it's buying in and I think this team has bought into what Craig Berube wants. They, they have depth up and down that lineup. Um, that fourth line played such a huge role um, in St. Louis's Stanley Cup win uh, last year. And I think, you know, they don't, they're not going to wow you with the offensive skill 
Uh, but they are so solid, one through four lines, and their depth on the blue line, and of course, uh, the goaltending that they're getting in net with you know the incredible run of Jordan Bennington, and then you know Jake Allen's been good when Bennington hasn't been good at times this year. So I think St. Louis, um, much like our the Cup champions have been built over the last couple of years that we've seen with uh, teams like Washington and Pittsburgh, is you can't just have one top line anymore. Yeah, that works in the regular season, but come playoff time, it's almost, um, it's a different brand of hockey. It's more of a, an old school way of hockey where you have to be built for the regular season to make the postseason. but come playoff time, you have to be built with depth. Uh, you have to be able to roll out one through four lines. You've got to wear out a team in a seven game series. And I think that's what St. Louis does best. And they, uh, they don't take any games for granted and they don't take any nights off. And uh, they have fully, um, taking on the traits and characteristics of their head coach, Craig Berube, who uh, doesn't cut that much slack. And uh, he he gets rewarded on most nights with the effort he gets from his club. And, and on that note, I mean, the Panthers came into the season. Joel Quenville said the, uh, the plan is just to make the playoffs. No one's talking about winning the Stanley Cup yet. You just get to the playoffs. But for the most part, hockey more than any other sport is just get to the playoffs and any team can win. Just when it comes to things that make hockey great in your mind, just how great is that knowing that maybe it's not always the best team that wins. You just got to get into the playoffs like we saw with the St. Louis Blues last season and uh, anything can happen. Yeah, we saw with the Kings, what, uh, early, you know. Eight seed, yep. Just have, yeah, exactly. Uh, they were the, yeah, the eight seed that year. We saw it a couple of years ago with uh, Nashville, last team in, 16 seed, if you will, and they go all the way to game six of the Stanley Cup final and, and lose to the eventual champ, um, Pittsburgh. So, yeah, hockey more so than anything is just make the playoffs and Anything can happen. You, you ride that hot hand of the goalie at the right time. Or you just ride the, the momentum of, you know, what's going well for your team at that time. Injuries, you know, can always play a massive role if hey, the, the top seed gets in and then all of a sudden they're besieged by injuries. You know, a- anything can happen. So, look, I think, you know, Quinville's a very smart man, and <laughs> he he might have been under underselling that a little bit of just saying make the playoffs. I think this team can do a little bit more damage than – just make the playoffs but yeah that is the ultimate goal is just to make the playoffs and you know anything can uh, truly happen. And, and Jameson, now that we've got a lot of the hockey talk out of the way, the main reason I wanted to get you on this podcast was just as a fellow Jameson. I feel very outnumbered. Doug right is now. outnumbered today. <laughs> um, just as a Jameson, of course, I am J-A-M-E-S-O-N. You are J-A-M-I-S-O-N. I am D-O-U-G. But we are, <laughs> we are part of a small group of Jamesons, Jamesons in professional sports. I just got to ask you, what is it like being, being a Jameson for yourself? Yeah, well, I think uh, the difference between you and I is my parents didn't want to make it so obvious that they love the Irish whiskey that much. <laughs> Uh, no, it's it's great. I, I haven't met a whole lot of Jamesons, and I don't know your story growing up, but I I hated it growing up, like because it was just such a it was a unique name. I went by my and, middle, my middle know, name most of my life. Oh yeah, see, I went by like Jamie growing up. None of my friends knew me as Jameson because it was just you know as a ten year old kid, and they're they're announcing attendance for the first day of school, and they're like Jameson Coil, and all the kids were like Jameson. It's too formal for a kid. Yeah, very much so. Like. <laughs> So it was it was hard to adjust to, but then I just got so sick of people, you know, having to having to correct them that in college I finally just you know dropped the uh, the nickname and, and went with my formal name, and now I've I've come to love it because you know you go to the bank, you go you go anywhere, and people are like, oh, that's that's a great name, and I'm like, oh. See, cool. I get that too. I, I, I appreciate it, it now. Up, but now yeah. I really, really like it. And, but yeah, I got, no, I got going unique. in. You know, as you made that transition to you know broadcasting and being an NHL host and all that, were you ever tempted to be James Coyle? Was that ever a temptation? 
No, not really, because I think I think Jameson, like you said, it's a very formal name, so maybe it doesn't work as a ten year old, but it's got <laughs> it's got kind of a television ring to it. It stands when you, out when you become yeah, twenty yeah, yeah, it's different. And some people are like, Oh, is that your real name? I'm like, Yeah, that is my real name. Like I'm not changing my name to, <laughs> because I'm on T V or anything like that. So trust me, it's, I, I love the name, but it's brought up a whole lot of question marks uh, in, in my thirty five years on planet Earth. But it, I, I wouldn't change it. I, I, I love it. And Jameis and I. Although I do have to correct everybody's spelling because they never, they always default to the E. That's where I went out. That's where I feel lucky. Yeah, yeah. Yours, yours is much easier to to live by. I think. James, a question for you in closing here. You mentioned earlier on you, you keep tabs on all 31 teams. You're following the whole league each and every night. Just as as far as a day in the life when you're when you're getting ready to go uh, to go work a shift at NHL Network, how do you prepare and uh, and what's a typical a typical day on the job like for you? So the preparation starts, you know, in the in the days leading up to your shift. I think, you know, preparation starts. It's a year-round job. You just got to watch hockey. You can't you can't fake this job if you just go in and you're, and you're not watching the sport at home. So, like I said earlier, I'd be watching uh, regardless of this if this was my gig or not. So I think as long as you're watching the games, you're always kind of staying up to date with the storylines. And then, you know, our, our main job is to watch the games and follow these storylines as the games are going on. We're, we're following on NHL tonight. So I think you're always kind of engaged in knowing what's going on around the league, all 31 teams. And then our, our research department does a fantastic job of putting out a daily research packet every day. So we'll, we'll comb through that for the games of the night. And that's where you find your, your incredible nuggets about guys and trends and things like that. So the research department makes us look a whole lot smarter than we actually are on television. So it's a, it's a collective effort, but uh, as long as we're watching the games and, you know, talking to the right people and, and, and doing our job, then it's, it's a pretty easy gig as far as, you know, loving what we do and just watching hockey. Well, we, you, you do great work. We thank you very much for coming on here. We really enjoy watching very quickly. I uh, just want to tell all the folks out there where they can find you on the, uh, on the social media channels. Sure. It's uh, at Jameson Coyle uh, on Twitter and at Jameson Coyle on Instagram. That's J-A-M-I, the correct way, S-O-N. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll debate that. Uh, we'll have in a future episode the proper spelling of Jameson, and maybe we can come up with some other famous Jamesons and, and things like that. I'm just a guy named Doug. Happens to be here right now. We don't get a lot of Dougs on the show. No. Just a lot of Jamesons. Yeah, no. Yeah, first time, long time. <laughs> well, Jameson, we thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, thank you very much for your time. We enjoy it. We enjoy watching. And, uh, and again, can't wait to see how these playoff races turn out. And we'd love to have you on again sometime. Thank you very much. Guys, anytime. Uh, pleasure was all mine. It was fun to chat with you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Huge thanks to Jameson Coyle, NHL Network host, for stopping by and chatting with us. We talked about a lot of great stuff there in that conversation, and we could have gone on for uh, probably another hour talking about uh, all the different storylines in the National Hockey League, talking about the Panthers, talking about uh, a day in the life of Jameson Coyle at NHL Network. So a great conversation there. Big thanks to him for stopping by the show and loved hearing what he had to say about the Panthers, loved hearing how excited he gets just talking about the possibility of a Panthers lightning first round series. I think he's speaking for a lot of people out there. They'd love to see a series like that. So, uh, you know, just a, a great conversation there. A lot of great stuff. Great to hear how uh, how excited he is about Jonathan Huberto's, uh, you know, evolution into a superstar as well. I think, I think the best part, you're bearing the lead, is just hearing about his life as a Jameson. Yes. Which is what I was, I was very outnumbered during that yes. conversation. It was a he- Jameson heavy conversation. Yes. But I, I went through the same thing as him as a child. You know, you're, you know, fourth grade or, or so, you're there. The 
teacher says Jameson and you got to raise your hand and all the kids look and they raise their eyes a little bit because you're sitting next to a Peter, you're sitting next to a Josh, maybe a Sarah, but you're a Jameson. You stand out. So uh, it's nice to know we weathered the same <laughs> weathered the same storm through childhood. Well, you know, I, I don't think I was in school with another Doug until I was in college. There was a lot of, a lot of Dougs in college. That's where they all meet. I think there might have been one other one. <laughs> Was he a Douglas? That I don't know. That I don't know. For those wondering, my birth certificate just says Doug. <laughs> That's all they needed. The doctors were like, he's not a Douglas. He's a Doug. You came out as a Doug. So I'm just, yeah, that's, I'm just Doug. <laughs> so the, uh, again, great conversation there. Uh, big thanks, Jameson Coyle, for, for stopping by. And one of the things we talked about, didn't, we didn't get it in time into the interview, but after we, uh, you know, cut that interview out, we chatted for a little bit afterwards, and he was saying that, once again, everyone in hockey media is excited for the All-Star Game coming here to South Florida yes. next year. Obviously, that was announced, you know, a couple weeks ago, uh, January of 2021. All-Stars coming back here for the first time since 2003. All the top players in the NHL. Panthers are going to have a couple all-stars because that's usually how that works so everyone in hockey media wants to come to florida in january and everyone's so excited so we'll definitely be seeing jameson here uh, next year at pbnt center and we're all looking forward to that tons to look forward to and jameson as we move now into your prospect Me, yes yes we're talking to you now okay. we no longer have jameson coil on the phone so you're the only jameson uh, <laughs> involved in territory talk now at this point in the show we thank jameson coil for stopping by so we've gone from two jamesons now to one Back jameson olive from floridapanthers.com here, by the way, Territory Talk presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Let's transition into our prospect of the week. Jameson, first, though, I want to touch on, on Owen Tippett, Rookie of the Month in the American Hockey League. Uh, he's been right around the top 10 in, in AHL scoring for a first-year pro, a guy coming right out of junior. Of course, he had that taste of NHL action with the Panthers a couple of years back, but for a guy at his stage of development to be producing the way he is in the American Hockey League to be, you know, among the top 10 in, in league scoring, that is no easy task. And I worked in the American Hockey League. I've seen a lot of guys, you know, come in with uh, with great track records as high draft picks and guys who've gone on to have great careers. And it's, you know, for, for some of the best players, it's, uh, it's hard to sometimes get that consistency in your first year of pro hockey. What he's doing at his stage, producing the way he is, it's it's something to be proud of. It's 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 impressive what he's been able to do. When you're coming in at that age, you're used to playing against you know other guys your age in junior hockey, and then you come into the American Hockey League, and you've got guys in some cases who are. 10, 12-year pro hockey veterans. You're playing against some guys on teams that have, you know, upwards of 100 games of NHL experience. You're you're playing against, uh, you know, pro hockey players. And so what Owen Tippett's doing right now, it's it's something uh, it's something that's definitely impressive. And there are a lot of guys that come right out of junior hockey with huge point totals and, you know, it, 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 they eventually get there, but uh, sometimes there are some, there's a learning curve in the AHL, but, but Owen Tippett, he's been, he's been very consistent offensively all season for uh, for Springfield and and again just showing great things in his development yeah and AHL all-star having a great season I think he was our prospect of the week uh, maybe last week two weeks ago recently he was the yeah. prospect of the week because like you said he has been doing so well down there uh, 19 goals 21 points in 46 games leads the team and you know I, I think leads the team in goals assists and points all three so he's having a great season down there like you said no easy task for, specifically uh, for, for a guy that young in his pro hockey career exactly but for for prospect of the week prospect of the week here on territory talk it isn't necessarily the 
the the prospect who had the best week. We like to just kind of spread the love around here, you know, spotlight guys that maybe you don't know a lot about or don't hear about. So the prospect of the week this week, like I said, Owen Tippett's been great. He's been a prospect of the week recently, but this week's prospect of the week is going to Karch Bachman, uh, a name some Panthers fans will be familiar with, a fifth round pick of the Panthers back in 2015, that draft here in Sunrise. I remember that day. I remember talking to him when he got drafted. Really nice kid, but uh, he's having a heck of a season right now at Miami University. That's Miami, Ohio, not Miami, Florida. Uh, 22-year-old forward, ranked second on the team with 25 points, eight goals, 17 assists in 26 games. So he's really ending, you know, his collegiate career on a high note right now, having a great senior season there, like I said. Uh, from November 22nd to January 10th, he had an eight-game point streak in which he had two goals and nine assists. A really good run for him. And then, you know, just one game after having that point streak snapped, had four assists to help lead the Red Hawks to a uh, 4-4 tie at North Dakota on January 17th. So uh, as he gets older, you kind of see his game starting to develop. He's starting to hit his stride. The one thing about him is really fast kid, really good skater, really catches your attention. So that's a guy definitely to keep an eye on for the Panthers down the road in terms of their larger prospect pool. So this week's prospect of the week, Karch Bachman, you know, big congrats to him. And once again, like you said, another stick tap to Owen Tippett as well, who uh, another honor for him in the AHL. Always great to hit that prospect of the week. Jameson Olive's favorite segment. He invented that segment. So uh, big thanks to to uh, Jameson Olive for another edition prospect of the prospect of the week. Of the week. Is that, that's the prospect of the week, the official I think outro. Katie Gauze and I kind of got with that. Just the intro outro, prospect of the week. Let's record that and then we'll just hit play on that <laughs> the next time we Save my vocal cords. And, yeah. Yes, uh, the next time we introduce and close that segment. And we're going to close this episode of Territory Talk right now with a quick look at the road ahead for the Panthers. They just had a couple of tough matchups and they've got some more tough matchups coming up here. Vegas comes in Thursday night, 7 o'clock face-off, 954-835-PocFloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com. It's a $5 beer Thursday. And then Saturday night, the Pittsburgh Penguins come in, third and final matchup of the season series for the Panthers and Pittsburgh. The Panthers going for a three-game season series sweep of the Pens. So a big matchup coming up on Saturday. It's the Panthers' fifth annual Pride Night coming up on Saturday as well. FloridaPanthers.com for more information. Then the Panthers hit the road for a pair. The first one is going to be in Philadelphia on Monday. The second one of those in New Jersey on Tuesday. Philadelphia, a team that is very good on home ice this season. They've got an outstanding home record. So these next three games, big test for the Panthers. Two of them Eastern Conference teams that figure to be or that uh, hope to be in the playoff mix. Philadelphia, one of those teams that's been battling. Pittsburgh's kind of solidified themselves here over the last uh, couple of months. Vegas coming in on Thursday Day. That's a team that also has postseason aspirations out in the wild Pacific division. But, Pete DeBoer uh, coming back again. Yep, he's back here for the second time this season. Uh, new coach for uh, for Vegas. So three big matchups for the Panthers coming up. The first of two uh, of those three will be on home ice. So 954-835-PocFloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com for tickets. Jameson, what stands out for you just when you look at these two home games, Vegas and Pittsburgh? Well, looking ahead to next week real quick, we'll talk more about this on next week episode. But they actually have the Flyers twice next week, Monday yep. and Thursday home and home. And that's the season series. And that'll the be it for the, for the Flyers. So there's going to be two huge games. We'll get more into those next week on next week's episode, but uh, I think the Pittsburgh game stands out the most just for the fact the Panthers surprisingly have been so great against Pittsburgh this season. That's not a knock on the Panthers. That's just a compliment to how good the Penguins have been. Few teams have had uh, the Penguins number like the Panthers have had this season. You go back earlier, October 22nd, Panthers win 4-2. January 5th, Panthers win 4-1. Now they're going for the sweep of the season series, which uh, we don't have the numbers in front of us, but I can't imagine the Panthers have swept that season series too many times. Uh, 
uh, at least within the last decade, given how good the Penguins have been. And a thing with Pittsburgh coming in, it's the last regular season matchup for the Panthers and the Penguins. And folks, if you're, you know, if you're a if you're a casual fan or if you have friends that are casual fans, Sidney Crosby is one of those guys that uh, that you want to get out and, and watch play. It's, uh, you know, a, a treat to watch a guy like that play hockey and he'll be coming into the BB&T Center on Saturday night. And that, that's the thing, too, is going back, like I said, just maybe the last you know five, six years, it seems like. Panthers Penguins games are always some of the most exciting regular yep. season games of the uh, season. Some wild ones over the years. They're always wild. There's always a ton of scoring. Like you said, ton of star power for both teams. So, uh, you know, if I go back to October and I looked ahead to this game, if I would have known the Panthers, you know, already won those first two, I would have circled this one as probably one of my most anticipated games of the season just for the fact that uh, the Panthers are really going to come out hot in this one. Because not only do they want to sweep the season series, but like we said a million times already in this episode, another huge two points on the table. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but looking at the home games over the next couple of weeks, the Panthers. Panthers a week from Saturday have the Edmonton Oilers coming in. So on consecutive Saturdays, you have a chance to see Sidney Crosby and then Connor McDavid Two the, of the next best. week. So uh, all the more reason to get your Panthers tickets. FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com. You can call 954-835-PUCK. Territory Talk is presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. That's it for us on this week's edition. Big thanks to Jamison Coyle from NHL Network for stopping by, being our featured guest this week. Can't wait to have him on the show again. And then I'll be outnumbered by uh, by Jamesons. <laughs> we got to find more Jamesons. And maybe we'll have a Doug on the show at some point. Maybe. Uh, we can find maybe. somebody. But uh, the uh, Panthers uh, and the Vegas Golden Knights on Thursday, the Panthers and the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins coming up on Saturday, and then the Panthers hit the road for two. So make sure you're out here with, the, uh, with us at the BB&T Center coming up later on this week. Again, big thanks to Jamison Coyle for stopping by. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.